This is the Salvationist Podcast. I'm Kristen Austinson. This summer, our territory's College for Officer Training will welcome the first session of cadets into its new eight-year training paradigm. There are lots of changes afoot, so on this episode of the podcast, we get all the details with Major Deanna Zielinski, Training Principal, and Dr. Michael Boyce, Director of Program Implementation. Hi, Deanna. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the Salvationist Podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks, Kristen. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. So there have been a lot of exciting changes happening at CFOT recently. And the one people might be the most familiar with is, of course, the move from Winnipeg to Toronto. So where are we at now in this process? I just came from Winnipeg, and I can tell you that uh, there are boxes that are being packed up. But primarily, uh, CFOT is left being untouched in Winnipeg because we want the cadets to be able to finish out their term there without feeling as though you know, there's all this commotion going on around them. We're trying to keep that consistent and uh, steady on that end. Um, And also with the announcement that Booth University College is going to be moving into 2090 in the future, uh, that's meant that we won't have to pack up everything. So that's made things a little bit easier. And I think really what you're getting at is what's happening in Toronto, where New space is going to be indeed. And if you were to walk on the fourth floor, you would you would begin to see some changes. Uh, certainly, things have been cleared out to make room for the renovation of the classrooms that will be going on that floor. And we are in the process of uh, working with the property department and with a, I guess, a design firm, for lack of a better word, to just help us make sure that it's aesthetically pleasing when people come on to uh, the CFOT floor at THQ. Um, And so that work is going to be taking place over the summer. uh, And we will have a a formal opening and recognition around Welcome Weekend in September. But cadets will come to THQ uh, starting in July. So we'll have to have something ready for them. Yeah, I can't wait to see that uh, all come together. Um, Of course, along with that change, CFOT has developed a new training paradigm. And can you give us some background on this new model and how it was developed? Sure. Um, So this has been a long process, actually. Kind of back in 2020, there was a a document produced on, on models of training that looked at the way residential training was going and and some of the limitations there. And from that, a working group uh, was put together from people from all over the territory. I was part of that working group. That was kind of how I got brought into the project. And from that, a recommendation went to IHQ. Um, You know, we worked with leadership development department and the, the office of the personnel secretary to make sure that the training that we're putting in place meets all the criteria that, that everything is being done in a way that best suits and best uh, prepares Salish Army officers for ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and people may have heard uh, reference uh, to an eight-year plan and might be thinking, hey, I thought training college was just two years. Uh, can you talk a bit about the eight years and how they're divided up? 
That's a great question because you've really tapped into one of the areas in which we've had to clarify things over time with different groups and different people. Um, really what it's looking at when we refer to an eight-year plan is officer training and development in the first eight years, which encompasses candidates who are in the application process for coming to training. It includes cadet training, which historically has been two years and normally is two years, but sometimes that's shortened or lengthened depending on need. And then it's referring to five years as lieutenants. So that's the eight years of officer training and development. Um, the, the candidate uh, phase has normally included one course uh, called Introduction to Officership. Uh, and in order to, uh, as Michael said, be able to encompass all the areas of learning and development that's required from an international standard and to position people well to be successful, not only in training, but as an officer, we've, um, we've added some requirements to this candidate phase. Uh, and we've worked with leadership development. Uh, so we've brought in two modules of the Harvard uh, Manage Mentor Program uh, for foundational leadership. And so those are two modules that can be done online in a cohort um, and will provide a, an introductory uh, experience to what it's going to be like to train going forward in a hybrid model. Uh, not all not all training workshops are going to be face to face. Some of them are going to be online. And so this is an introduction to that. And as well as um, one of the new uh, courses in that candidate year is uh, moving what was formerly formerly in the training year. We're moving that into the candidate year. And that's the um, English course through Booth University College so that people are ready when they start their courses as a cadet. Uh, in in having completed that course. For those who have already done an introduction um, or who have completed a bachelor and undergraduate degree, they won't have to take the English course. They will simply take uh, a writing for success course. So introducing them to our own internal processes like Outlook and Teams and that kind of thing uh, and pairing them. So that's that's moving some some pieces of the learning into that candidate year. And then the cadet training year for years, uh, years two and three, of course, in the eight-year plan, um, we will uh, resequence some of the learning during that time. And it's not only resequencing, but it's also making room for, making space for more experiential learning. And so that's the first three years. Michael's going to talk about the uh, last five years. Um, but we also frame that as first five years because that's when cadets are commissioned as lieutenants. And this is one of the things that's significantly different from what's happened before. CFOT assumes responsibility for the curriculum of the first five years. We don't we we are not supervising lieutenants. That that process remains the same, but we ensure that they are meeting the requirements for confirmation to become captains. So some of the things that were in the two years of training up until this point. Some of the academic courses, for example, have been moved into the first five years or the years of lieutenants. So they'll have to take a course each winter um, from years four to eight. Um, there's also things like CFOT will be part. We will track their peak evaluations uh, to ensure that developmental conversations are happening. That's really what we 
we, we want from this process is to establish patterns of lifelong learning and development that they will carry forward with them into their time as ministers in the Salvation Army. Um, also some um, just-in-time learning uh, workshops, virtual, probably at, at that period that we all virtual, on different things that are happening in the Salvation Army, um, on community engagement, uh, things that, uh, that are applicable to their appointments. So again, uh, up until this point, Leadership Development Department has overseen this, this curriculum. We're assuming this. Um, also, in terms of spiritual life development, um, going forward, lieutenants will have an additional day uh, as part of the annual divisional officers retreat that will be just for them. The curriculum would be delivered by the appropriate divisional officers, but the supported by CFOT. So again, we're 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 part of the development of lieutenants as they're preparing for confirmation. I'm glad you picked up on the spiritual life development piece because what we've recognized is uh, some of the feedback from training college has been that this aspect of training has been exceptional, that it has been very strong. And so how do you strengthen something that's already going so well? And one of the realities is that when cadets leave training and move into their first appointment, uh, so much changes in terms of rhythm. And uh, we talk about rhythm of life in spiritual life development. It's key, it's foundational. And so some of the pieces that we will be uh, attending to during a lieutenant's uh, uh, time of ministry is really to uh, support them and ensure that those rhythms that they've established um, continue. And that, I think, would be, uh, if, if you were to ask about outcomes, uh, at the end of eight years, if, if people can say that has continued, that would be a great outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've already covered some pretty significant changes by talking about the new eight-year plan. Um, but what are some of the other key differences between the previous and the new training paradigm? Well, a key difference is that cadets will start training in July and not the end of August. Uh, that's been intentional um, as part of one of the foundational pieces to this program is giving cadets an officer-like experience so that there is from the very time that they start uh, a sense of, hey, this is what it's going to be like to be an officer. And so uh, for the territory, officer uh, change of appointments happen in July. And so we are going to continue with that. Um, but there will be maybe a uh, an ease into the training, uh, allowing those, particularly with children, to be able to settle in and to establish a really good foundational uh, experience in a new community. And so one of the key differences uh, going forward in training uh, refers to something that we're calling home-based core assignment. And so cadets will come to training college and they will be assigned to a core uh, in the greater Toronto area, and they will uh, position themselves in that community. So they will live within the, the distance of maybe around 10 kilometers max to the core that they're assigned, not to CFOT's address, but to their core address. So they can be part of the church, that they can be part of that faith community. If they have children, their children can be discipled and be part of the community 
that uh, is is in place for them uh, at their home base core means they'll go to school and they will uh, shop and they will get to know neighbours in the community of their core rather than CFOT. The other thing that I think is is significant is the balance between the experiential learning and the academic. Uh, I think one of the things that we've had to clarify is that in reprioritizing some of the academic courses, for example, we're not removing any of the requirements. We're actually just spreading them out and trying to sequence them in a way that gives uh, cadets or, or in the case of lieutenant officers, uh, learning that they need to know for their appointment and then a place in which they can practice and live out the education that they're learning. So, for example, in the home base core, um, you know, they'll be working and, you know, serving under the mentorship of a field training officer who's kind of like modeling life of a Salvation Army officer. But in their academic courses in the first year of training, year two, they're taking the first course in preaching. So they can actually start preaching um, in their home base core, probably December, January of that first year as they completed the course. So there's, again, this um, training and education go hand in hand. And, you know, in university, um, in university education, experiential learning is experiencing this boom because they recognize that having a place for students to live out the lessons that they learn in the classroom is much, much more effective. And I think that that's really what we're doing, as well as modeling this pattern of lifelong learning. You have to take, you know, this course and this course. We're kind of, you know, putting a pattern out for people. You, you're always learning. Uh, that's the reality of, of, of life and certainly life as a minister, uh, as an officer. You have to keep learning. Things are going to change. You're going to have to learn how to do things different ways. If we can model that in the training and development program, we set people up for success. There's two more key differences that I want to make sure we don't miss. Um, one is how how cadets are going to be compensated. Uh, that's a significant shift for this territory. And I give so much credit to uh, our territorial leadership and to those who have the finance minds to be able to help work through this uh, to ensure that Cadets are receiving an officer-like allowance. Uh, I go back to that comment. We want people to experience what it's like to be an officer from the get-go uh, so that there's no surprises. And so they will uh, they'll be provided a vehicle allowance. They will be given uh, a quarters the much the same way that officers are. Um, maybe not exactly the same way because in Toronto, housing is at a premium. So it might be a condo or an apartment versus a, a single family home. Um, but even in terms of the allowance and the benefits, they are very similar to uh, officers' compensation. And so I just want to, yeah, just strongly emphasize how grateful I am to the territory for moving down that pathway. Um, the other thing is, uh, for many of us in the Salvation Army, We've always known cadets to go on a summer assignment or a winter assignment, and we have uh, announced those uh, appointments as they come, but those aren't going to be happening uh, going forward. Uh, we're trying to create that uh, continuous uh, place of learning at the field-based core, the home-based core is what we're calling it. And so they will do their intensive learning opportunities there. Um, but that doesn't mean that there will not be intensive learning opportunities for them across the territory. It's important for cadets to uh, be out across the territory and understand that 
there's a lot of difference between ministry in the prairies or in Newfoundland versus Toronto and the urban context. So there will be in, uh, times throughout their training that they will be able to go and have an intensive somewhere else. Um, and we can accommodate the change in those timings so that they don't have to happen at Christmas or in the summer uh, because cadets can continue to learn virtually. Uh, so they can keep up with their classes uh, that are taking place while doing it. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I'm sure a lot of people were wondering about that with cadets becoming more localized into the GTA. So that's really great to hear that we're still going to see our, our cadets on the ground across the territory. We're a very diverse territory. So getting that experience is really important. And Michael, you already touched on um, this greater emphasis on experiential learning and I'm wondering if you can uh, talk a bit more about why that's important and how this new model is going to better equip Salvationists to serve as officers in the 21st century. Sure. Um, some of the feedback that we've had from the field is that some lieutenants, when they're commissioned, just are surprised by the the difference between CFOT and and their first appointment, the requirements of the first appointment, what's expected of them. By, by focusing on experiential learning and not losing, you know, those important academic pieces um, and, and need to know training, we're actually setting people up for better success. Um, so the, the learning curve when they get into their new appointment will not be that steep. We are looking at a, a, a new revised workshop specifically in year three as they're getting ready for their first appointment on the transition to your first appointment. So like everything that we've done, everything that we're doing is designed very intentionally to set people up for success. We don't want people burning out. We don't want people getting into appointments and feeling overwhelmed. It doesn't serve the army. It doesn't serve congregations. It doesn't serve the ministers uh, to put them in that in that position. And there's so much of the Salvation Army that is experiential. Um, it's a it's a very experiential denomination, and getting people into opportunities for ministry. So, you know, part of the two years of training, they will be going to social missions as part of their mission and ministry formation, um, as well as the home-based course. So they're going to get an exposure to all these different social ministries and participating in serving. Um, that's really important. Uh, experiential learning sets people up for success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and in terms of the sort of broader 21st century uh, ministry challenges, I mean, so much has changed, uh, even just in the past few years with uh, COVID and going virtual and all these things. I wonder if you have any thoughts on how the new model addresses some of those challenges or, or changes, perhaps. I think the new model will make space for that uh, more current uh, experience and understanding of ministry. Um, we, we have always had uh, field-based training. Uh, so some of this isn't new, it's just packaged differently. And I think we want to also say that we value this territory has made a commitment to accredited learning. And so we don't want to lose that either. We recognize that both are important. Um, but as Michael said, the, the way that things have been positioned has been really strongly the academic focus for the training period. And the uh, what was formerly the summer assignments and winter assignments didn't allow enough time for them to truly experience all of these new systems and processes that have really come into play, uh, technology, 
um, online uh, needs where officers are needing to uh, be familiar with all of these different programs uh, that help and support ministry. And so in order to do that, we don't want to add another year of training. Um, we want to embed these experiences throughout the eight-year journey um, to really position when lieutenants are confirmed as captains, that they're not just ready for ministry, that they are competent. And so after three years of a candidate and cadet, they will be ready for ministry. And we hope that nothing surprises them. But after first five years as a lieutenant, we want them to be competent and, and to be truly confident in themselves that they have uh, not only the skills and abilities and learnings that have been imparted, but they are now beginning to identify that for themselves and they will be able to keep up with the trend of what it means to serve as an officer mm -hmm. in the 21st century. Yep. That's being equipped for sacred service, you could say. <laughs> Great way to put that. We're going to write that one down, Christine. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So I'm going to trademark that right now. <laughs> um, now, of course, CFOT recently held some town hall meetings to engage with officers and salvationists about these changes. What kind of feedback uh, did you get at these town halls? What's on people's minds? What questions are they asking? What are people saying? It's so interesting. I'm sure you've had this experience, Kristen, that when you're working on something really closely, um, there is this moment of terror. Uh, is this going to translate at all? Because it makes sense to me. It makes sense to us. Mm. I've been really, um, I've been really impressed, surprised, uplifted by the responses that we've gotten from uh, not only the town halls. Uh, that was great from the DEBs. From uh, I presented this to the, the the second year lieutenants institute, and these are recently commissioned. Uh, lieutenants and everyone's like this just makes sense. Some of the questions are very practical, like about you know the housing of of cadets. Some people filter it through their their experience at training college. So you know, well, well how are you going to do this? Not necessarily recognizing that like in a new paradigm, we can find space for things, but it's going to look different. Clarifying questions about um, you know tracking. Um, where where people live comes up a lot. Uh, how is that going to work? Families, how are families going to be accounted for? And really, like I think I think this is a model that places an emphasis on you know the livability of the family life um, in a, in a in a very profound way. People like your home base core becomes your place of ministry, and it becomes the 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 community that supports you um, as well as CFOT, not in in addition mm. to CFOT or as opposed to CFOT. So I think we've actually you know, supported families in a, in a, in a more profound way in this, in this mm. new model. Um, other feedback. Yeah. It's just been mm. really like questions about like how it'll impact current lieutenants, um, people in the candidacy process, things like that. Mm. Um, but it's been really positive. The, the feedback has been really good. And I think we have made sure to communicate that while we have put this in place, um, eight years is a very long time. We cannot wait eight years to evaluate. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so we need to be able to build those evaluative pieces in uh -huh. along the way. Um, and so we have to be prepared ourselves to recognize or hear feedback when we hear it to say, okay, something's not working. We need to go back and we need to fix it. Um, and, and just have that open mm -hmm. mind and understanding that what we've put in place and what's on paper um, is is maybe not going to look the same even two years from now. Uh, but the core pieces that have been embedded in the training program for 
decades that have been established by international regulations, orders and regulations, those are there. Those cannot be changed. And so our outcomes are clearly identified and guided by those orders and regulations. How we do that um, needs to be contextualized for, as we've said, a very uh, diverse uh, territory. Canada is diverse. Bermuda is diverse. So we we need to be sensitive to all of those pieces as we enter into mm-hmm. yeah a new a new era of training for this territory. Yeah. And I think all of us are very aware that there will be wrinkles to be ironed out as we get along. Um, you know, once you add the 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 un the unknowable factor of humans into an equation, uh, you never know what you're going to get. So I think everyone accepts that and understands that. And if we can communicate well with our field training officers, with our cadets, with our external stakeholders, I think we can we can make this you know something really impressive and. Um, I have occasionally said like a, a kind of a world leader in, in training in the Salvation Army, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's not for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it is a very encouraging and uh, exciting development for our territory. And as we prepare to enter this first year of the new program, what are you two most excited about? I am most excited about changing my focus from getting a project off the ground to being a training principal. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited for, you know, a a real singular focus there and attention there. Um, Sometimes when you work on something so intently uh, for a long time, you're just kind of ready to move (laughs) from that. And I think that's my headspace. But I'm most excited uh, to see the ideas, the work. yeah, the collaboration that's gone into this. Uh, yeah, just to see some of this come to fruition, uh, because as much as that will be exciting for me, I think that will also be exciting for the myriad of people who have helped uh, in this project. So uh, certainly cadets coming to Toronto is a very big, uh, excite- exciting time to think about. Um, yeah, so lots to look forward to. I am most looking forward to um getting cadets started so that we can have stories to share with other people. Uh, that's been one of the, the biggest challenges is talking about this curriculum. It's it's just the curriculum. It's just the structure of the program. We're story-based people. We like stories. We like to hear people's experiences. And we don't have anyone who's doing this program yet. So I'm really excited to get about getting people to start and then using those stories to, to, to explain and share and get other people excited in a new and profound way. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much to both of you for your time today and for sharing those exciting updates. And I know we'll all be praying for our new cadets as they start their training this summer. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks again for inviting us. Really appreciate your support and getting the message out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Salvationist Podcast. For more episodes, visit salvationist.ca slash podcast.